Hey everyone, welcome to the 24th episode of Big Slumpin'. I'm your host, Scott Morgan, joined by, as always, with Trevor and Josh. Uh, Today is Tuesday, the 16th of February, so two days after Valentine's Day. Hope you guys all had a lovely Valentine's. Um, Let's get started, though, with things we liked. So I'll I'll start us off because I got two this week, actually. Uh, One thing was in the Bruins-Rangers matchup. I just love, like, quirkiness and just fun things uh, in sports. So, like, you know when baseball players, they want to be the last one off the field and they just stand for, like, an extremely long time after warm-ups, teammates are giving them water and and fanning them. Well, that happened in hockey this weekend. Uh, Brad Marchand and Mika Zibanejad, they did a rock-paper-scissors match after warm-ups and after quite a bit of time. And I just thought it's just fun. It's it's the stuff I love in sports, just the small things. So, yeah, that's one of my things. who else wants to share? Uh, I'll go next. I only have one this week. It's a very similar vein. Um, at the end of basketball games, whoever has the ball at the end of the clock when time expires tends to give it to a rookie or something, even though it's not an individual turnover. It's a team turnover, but that's not the point. Um, and so the, at the end of the, of the Wizards-Rockets game, uh, Denny calls for the ball at the end of the time expiring. And then well, I think it was – I think it's Westbrook passing the ball. Actually, I don't think it's Westbrook. Who was it? I think it's Rui. Rui passes him the ball, and uh, Denny just walks away from the pass. And, so, <laughs> and you could see Westbrook and Beal were pissed about it, and it was really funny. And like he, call, he really calls for it. Rui, I think, throws in the ball, and he just nopes right out of there. And so <laughs> Rui gets a uh, Rui gets an actual turnover for throwing it out oh, of bounds. That's and, a big uh, no-no for the yeah, Rui. <laughs> yeah, Westbrook and Beal were pissed. Yeah, I just what thought was it was really, really doing? funny because like that's- it's like. It's like part of like a, you know, like it's like, uh, rookie hate. It's like the lowest it's like rookie hazing. hazing. Yeah, it's not really hazing, but like yeah, it's, it's the point. And it's, it's like it's, it's, it's non, like rich, it's, it's like ritual, non problematic hazing, whatever word that is. Yeah, so he, <laughs> that's hysterical. He just calls for it. <laughs> he just walks away, and I just think it's really really funny. <laughs> Brad Beal was so bad. I didn't know that there was a team turnover. I thought that was very very no, interesting. The team turnover, yeah. I, I, I thought that, you know, like whoever gets the ball last, it's a turnover on them. I'm watching it right now. I, I didn't realize that happened. That's hysterical. Oh, yeah, so I like that. I thought it was funny. Oh, like, my God. It's just oh. like we've been waiting so long for someone to do this. I know Wob on Twitter, uh, Rob, uh, Rob he, uh, he uh, likes to keep track of this stuff, and it's been, he's been doing it for years now. It's the first time somebody just didn't accept it, just said no. <laughs> That's hysterical. And the sad thing <laughs> is I really hope that like, it doesn't turn into a bad thing for the rookie because that – that isn't a great move. Hopefully he learns from it and just takes the ball. No, oh, I'm sure he got yelled at in the locker room, but I, it made me <laughs> laugh. I mean, the game was over at that point, so that's good. Uh, Trevor, what do you got? See, I'll go next. Um, so my thing I like, I'm going to pull up the video. I don't know if you guys uh, watch oh. a lot of Pistons games, but there's uh, Pistons have been on a nice little <laughs> winning streak lately. They won the last three out of four. They beat teams like the Nets, uh, Celtics, and the Pelicans. Don't let the Pistons and get hot. I always love it when this happens. Uh, you get – it usually happens with teams that are like good, like they're good that year. Like they're not usually that good, but like you, you, you think of like teams like the, the Bills back, uh, you know, during the the like fourth Super Bowl losses. You had the guy yelling about the the Dallas Cowboys Vroom. just going off, like <laughs> super fans. The Washington football team. Uh, so yeah, team. Detroit kind of had, <laughs> yeah, Detroit had their own mini version of that. 
after they beat the Pelicans. And uh, we'll just play like a little bit of this clip. But uh, a fan got pretty hot about I Pistons. keep telling you not to let these Detroit Pistons get hot. And what does the NBA do? They make the schedule even hotter. And what are the Pistons going to do? They're going to fail all the same. It's not going to matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Destiny arrives all the same. The Detroit Pistons, for the first time all season, have a winning streak back-to-back games. Don't let these Pistons get hot. If you're a visiting team and you get off the plane in Detroit, I hope you said your goodbyes. Unbelievable! Mason Plumlee gave the Pelicans a triple double. Mason so, yeah, Plumlee. He kind of goes into like stats and stuff, but it's pretty great when you get like I, I love it when fans go off like this. That these these super fans have these rants, but like this is especially good because like he's a Pistons fan and the Pistons, you know, they're eight nineteen. Like they they play in a lot of close games, but <laughs> it's a two game winning streak. Like, but you know what? I I love this kind of fanship and you <laughs> I know thought- I love. Of people like this, just yeah. I got, I got two things on this. So I thought yeah. this came. I thought the Pistons had a better run. I thought it was like a three to four game winning streak. I didn't well, realize they went three their, four four. I know, but I didn't realize this was their first back to back win. So that that <laughs> that kind of uh, gives me less excitement. Um, but I also just I, I don't even think the guy that guy's the, got enough excitement for you, Scott. You don't. I don't, I don't think seven. he takes a breath. <laughs> I don't see him breathe. He's just projecting and no inhaling just letting it all out i don't get how he did that that was awesome he you know he pulls out the thanos line the destiny arrives all the same he (laughs) says you know if you land in in detroit you better say your prayers even though like they're probably like i think they're like four and four for like home and away splits so (laughs) well now they're hot though they're hot now they're hot don't let them get hot uh yeah so i think that's i think detroit what they got to do now is they got to really market this guy uh you know make him your social media guy got him a jersey right now don't let him get hot make make that your like (laughs) motto for the rest of the year get those t-shirts printed this dude needs to be on the jumbotron at every home game so before like what when they're announcing the away team he needs to come on for like a minute and then they announce the away team so yeah, I'm gonna say uh, super fans. That's the thing I like this week. All right, and then I'll I'll wrap up things we liked. So my last thing is Andy Reid punt pass kick at 13 years old. I shared this with you two. Uh, I sent you guys a text message about it. Um, it looks so it looks like they're wearing one thing. It looks like they're wearing like old Rams uniforms. But yeah. when they, I didn't realize that first <laughs> guy was Andy Reid. I thought it was like a you know Pro Bowl punter showing the kids how to like help them and. No, that, that's Andy Reid standing with, like, a bunch of other 13-year-olds. And Andy Reid looks like he's probably six feet at the time, and everyone else is maybe four foot five. Like, it's insane. Um, and he, he has a good Big lad. But it, it was a, I just saw that and it made, it made my day. And I don't he know literally how I, looks like the I am 12 meme. Yeah, and I don't know I've never seen that before. So that, that was something I really enjoyed this Large week. lad. Uh, yeah, this is, this is a clip they definitely love to bring out, uh, at, like – Anytime, like it's they love it's one of those like if if you're watching like you know back in the day if it's an Eagles game or the Super Bowl last year, you know any anything that Andy Reid's coaching in and like it's, it's a nationally televised game they love to bring this clip out him, I, him standing next to the other like twelve year olds. I just don't know how I've never seen it before and I saw it today and I was very thankful <laughs> I did. No, well, it's it's a hilarious like hilarious visual really but yeah let's let's uh let's move on after andy reed i feel like it's a good transition to our first topic as always which is football uh so trevor you know a little bit about this guy i kind of want your insight but the bears hire mike patin as senior defensive assistant what do you think of this move i mean how many (laughs) how many teams have senior defensive assistants probably all of them Uh, so so mike 
I, so Mike Patton, I think the re- I honestly, I think the reason they hired him, like it's one I reason. Think, I think it's because I don't. I think if Mike Patton got fired from any other job, they would not have hired him. But because he got fired from the Packers and he spent, I think, two years in their organization, like they're like, okay, like maybe, maybe this guy knows knows some things about Aaron Rodgers and can you know stop him on defense. The problem with that theory is that Mike Pettin can't stop anyone on defense. So I don't know. I mean, is it a bad hire? Like I've I've never hated Mike Pettin, but I I hate what I see him do on the field. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't think Mike Pettin Mike Pettin's that dumb, but also he might he definitely looked dumb for like the majority of the last two years. So I don't know. <laughs> I I I think it's a it's a what it's. I, it, it's, it won't be bad for the Bears. I think so. the only reason that I could justify this is, like you said, because they're in the same division as the Packers and they want to try to get some insight. But, like, how long do we, do we think we're going to have him for, you know? Um, but, yeah, if you look at Petten's history, yeah, he was with the Packers for the last two years. Did not really help their defense. Actually kind of regressed them. Um, even yeah. though they've had some great it's weird, cause the Packers, development. Because J.R. Alexander become a star. Like, yeah. I mean, the Packers statistically last year had a good defense, but if you watch any Packer game, you know that's because Aaron Rodgers comes out, puts points on the other teams, and the other team has to play catch-up. And he also and manages the game obviously a defense, well, which yeah, helps and, his and defense. The, the, the other defense is going to, you know, the defense is going to be able to play a lot better because they know what the other offense is trying to do, usually, when they're down a lot of points. So, you know, I mean, you, you just look at he's not he's the worst. Gone. But so, yeah, so he was defensive coordinator for the, the Packers, and he, he did not do a great job there, even though the Packers were actually statistically pretty good defense. Um, he was the head coach of the Browns before the Browns actually started winning games, which shows that he wasn't great at that. But that's also – I won't completely blame him. That could be some GM ownership as well. He, as he, was, pre, uh, he was pre um, – What's his name? Jackson. Oh God, what's his name? Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. Marv, I think no, he was yeah, the coach Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson. Um, and then – before even the Browns, he was the defensive coordinator for the Jets for three years from 2009 to 2012. So, like, his, it's kind of like the Adam Gase thing where wherever he goes, he kind of just it's, – it's less so than Adam Gase because Gase literally makes whatever offense he coaches just progressively worse the longer he's there. But, yeah, I, I don't – I'm, I'm yes. happy he's not a, a head coach or a coordinator of any kind for the Bears. So, I guess I don't have as much animosity towards this move, but we'll, we'll see – how it pays out. Um, it seems to me that you should not hire a coach with the sole intention of just getting information about one team in your division. That doesn't seem like the best way to run a team. There's, 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 there's like 31, 30, I guess, cause you count yourself, 30 other teams in the national football league besides the Packers and bears. So you should probably hire the guy that's going to make your defense the best, not the one that, you know, helps you beat one team. Yeah, I mean, we do we do play the yeah. Packers twice, but like, still, I agree. Like, Josh, if if you were this guy, h- how much insight could you give me on beating the Packers defense? Like, maybe twenty minutes, an hour, two hours, and then after that, what am I expecting you to do for the rest of the year? But that's not what they're, they're, they they want to know how to beat Rodgers, I guess. I'm saying, like, I'm saying, yeah, but like, how long would it take? So, wouldn't the offensive if, coordinator know no, more about that? No, I think I think it's probably going to be more for how to beat the Packers defense, but. One thing, they're changing defensive coordinators, so their defense is going to change. And also, if you had to ask Mike Pettin how to beat his defense right now in the <laughs> team that he had on the field, I feel like it wouldn't take him a year to show you how to do that. It would only take him maybe two hours. 
And after <laughs> that, I don't know what you're supposed to do with him. So it's it's not the hardest defense to beat. It really <laughs> isn't. Um. All right. I mean, uh, other, yeah. Let, let's move on to some other Bears news. Let's so. Move on. I saw an article today about how the Bears could franchise tag Allen Robinson and then trade him so that we can kind of just not let him go and get some value, or he plays another year on the franchise tag. I also saw that we haven't talked to Allen Robinson about a new deal since September, which has me asking why the hell have we not talked to him about a new deal? Any thoughts? Bears are ran poorly. I don't know. What do you want? (laughs) I mean, if you're Allen Robinson, what, what, like, what do you want? Like, what, what is, what can the Bears like? I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like Allen Robinson like wants to come back, but he doesn't want to play for Nagy and, and like work with Ryan Pace. Like, it seems like there's a real split that's developed between him and the front office. But it's like, also, I feel like he really does like Chicago and he likes the Bears. So it's it's a really weird situation because normally those guys that kind of form that bond with the city and the players, like it doesn't like you don't let those guys go. Which I I, I mean I think the Bears trying to keep him smart, but I mean tagging and trading, like I I don't know. Just pay the man. I, I, I think know. I don't know. How I, I, it, just pay the dude. It, it feels like it feels like just, yeah. If they can sign and trade him, then so. Yeah, if I were the Bears, I guess try to get some value for Allen Robinson. I think he's a really good receiver. I wanted the Packers to sign him back when he was a free agent from the Jaguars, and he went to Chicago, which sucked. But, uh, yeah, I I mean, that, that's what they have to do. Get, get some value for the guy because he's amazing. He's an amazing receiver. I mean, he, he's our arguably uh, – no, I, I just say he is. He's the best offensive player we have right now. Um, and that's including – I was thinking like Lyman, but that's including Lyman. That's including – Maybe Montgomery has talent, but Robinson's been consistent, been healthy. He's done it year in, year out. Um, the, the hardest thing, I think, for him is also, like, I really don't get why he'd want to come back to Chicago. As a fan, like, I want him, but we've had very inconsistent – I wouldn't even say inconsistent quarterback play. He doesn't know who his quarterback is going to be week in, week out. So it's very hard for, I think, a receiver to build a chemistry when you don't know whether you're going to have Mitch or, or Foles. Now I think they're hopefully going to – figure that out in the off season, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, so other coaching news. So I saw urban Myers. Uh, he was defending the hiring of Chris Doyle. Doyle was part of the Iowa racist um, stuff that yeah. happened earlier this year. And then it sounds like about two hours later, Doyle resigned. Um, it seemed like that to me. I don't know. Yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so my thing with this is one, the Jaguars already made the collective decision to hire Urban Myers, and they know his past. They know his history. They know his scandal. So they accepted that with him. They're going all in. They don't care about this. They know his quality of coaching, and they know he can win. Then they hire Chris Doyle. Very similar where, you know, he has a scandal, um, and he's being hired by the Jags, and they posted that they already know about, you know, they're prepared for these questions and these um, – outburst of emotion towards the hiring of Chris Doyle. Um, but I'm like, you know what? Chris Doyle, you could, you could hate the man. I don't like him. I, th- I think he did a horrible thing at Iowa. Um, and I, I, won't, I won't support him. But I can't deny that he was an amazing strength coach for, I think, what, 20 years? In he, turned that program ar- he turned that program around. I mean, Just look at all the, the linemen and defensive linemen, offensive linemen that have come out, been pro bowlers, have, you know, worse won a Super Bowl this year. Now, Worf is also an, a beast, but I, I can't say that Chris Doyle didn't help him get there. 
Um, but yeah, so like he's a great at his job, and that that you know he could have horrible character, but you can't deny that he, as a strength coach, he's amazing. Um, so I thought that was actually a really good hiring, and they already got one coach with scandals. Why not get the another one and just worry about answering the questions in the press? But then they let him go, and now I'm like, okay, now the Jags are losing it. I, I thought that – I'm just very interested by this move. Yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting because, like, literally, like, a week before, like, Urban Meyer is like, yeah, we vetted this guy. We, we have a relationship. We go back. Like, he, we That's know he, he's really good. I, I forgot like, he said but vetted. But the, the line yeah. there that they said was, we did a very good – he said – he literally said um, – uh, I said the relationship goes back close to 20 years and a lot of hard questions asked a lot of vetting involved with our staff. We did a very good job vetting that one. And then the Jaguars come out uh, literally four days ago and they're like, Chris Doyle came to us this evening, submitted his resignation. And then later in it, they say <laughs> in retrospect, we should have given greater consideration to how his appointment may have affected all involved. Like what? it just seemed itself. It doesn't sound like, it's yeah, not like they didn't it, do their homework beforehand, or they're just trying to cover it up. Um, I don't know. I, I, just yeah, I mean, the guy's clearly good at his job, but it, I mean, he's clearly got some stuff he's got to deal yeah. with uh, before even thinking about like getting his uh, job again, and, and especially in the NFL. Yeah, and, and I'm not mad that he's out of a job. I just thought it was interesting that if they're saying like, screw morals and ethics, let's just go get the best people possible, and if that's their method, buy in and go for it. Handle the press and try to win. I don't like it. I, I think it's in, uh, unethical, but if that's what they were doing, I thought that they should go all out. And it sounds like they did that with Urban, and now they try to get another guy like that, and they're like, wait a minute, let's pump the brakes. But um, So that's what yeah. we got with I, the It Jets. definitely, yeah. And it sounds like they're going to get Trevor oh. Lawrence, which I don't okay. really think sounds like, but yeah. Josh, you have something to add? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just I, – I think that, you know, I think if you are proven, you know, to be racist towards, you know, anybody of any race, color, creed, whatever, uh, you shouldn't within a year be able to get a promotion to the NFL. I mean, I don't I care agree. how good at you are at your job. I don't care if he's the best at the turn Iowa around. I went to Iowa. I don't, I don't give a shit. Like, go do work on yourself, and then maybe you'll get the second chance. Well, for our second chances. But you don't get to go turn around almost basically too soon and get a promotion I, to I the NFL. I don't think it's, it's not been how it should work. I'd say it's been three months. Like, I feel like this stuff happened December. That stuff came out, like, yeah. over the summer, right? Was it summer? Yeah. Okay, then it was about a half a year. And, like, Urban Meyer, I think, was out of coaching yeah. for a year plus. But you're right. Doyle is is six months maybe out of coaching. And, and you're it's right. It's not even that, Scott. It's, it's not, not even like, that. Like, it's not even that. Like, he's not going horizontally to another job. He's getting promoted. You're right. I, I didn't think about it that way. And then Urban said that he went to time together at Utah. Um, they were never together at Utah. They weren't. Uh, he left Utah the year before Urban got there. So they're while well, they were both at Utah, their time together did not overlap. There was and, no time uh, together. Yeah, it just shows there was no time together. And so Urban. it just shows that they didn't actually really give a shit about any of this. And if I was a player and saw this, I'd be pissed. Like I wouldn't trust the guy. I wouldn't want to work out with that guy. So there's I got a lot a of other stuff for you, Josh. What? What? Sir. Well, yes. so like you, like you just said, <laughs> this is obviously a team as a player you probably wouldn't really want to go to just because where the organization with their hirings of coaches. And that, may, that makes me ask yourself, like Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be the first overall pick. The Jaguars have that pick. He probably really can't do anything to get out of that. How would you feel as, as him like right now with all this going, like before they hired Urban and Chris Doyle and then also had Doyle resign. How, how do, how would you feel as, as Trevor Lawrence right now? 
I'd feel, you know, happy that I'm white, you know, like even if they hired Chris Doyle, you know, he, Trevor Lawrence would be fine. Like I, I, I personally, I wouldn't want to play for an institution like this, but I'm not in position to be number one overall and don't have to make those hard choices, but I would be happy. I was white if I was Trevor Lawrence, honestly. I'm guessing it's an issue that I think it affects different, you know, people differently. And like with Trevor Lawrence's case, obviously like, he's not going to be as affected by Chris Doyle's comments, you know? So I, I agree. I, I don't that's think just, just like Josh said, it's the reality. It sucks, dude. No one wants to be like this, but that's just how it is. Like it, people of different colors and us three white guys are treated differently. It's just, it's just a fact and it sucks. But if I'm Trevor Lawrence, you know, I'm happy that I'm white and I'm happy that, that you know, that's they, they're okay with people in Jacksonville that are going to be racist towards other people, obviously. At least I'm not, you know, if I'm trying to learn something and like, I know that's not going to be a problem for me. So it sucks, but that's the reality of what we live in right now. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I'm not credit to the Jaguars, but I think they made the right move. Uh, you know, maybe not signing this guy on to be their strength and conditioning mm-hmm. guy. So, so yeah, at least they won't have him in Jacksonville. So hopefully they don't have racist problems, but honestly, even if they, let's just say they did, I would feel really uncomfortable as Trevor Lawrence, even though he is white and he might not be discriminated like his, uh, his, uh, teammates and counterparts it, I, I feel like it would just I wouldn't say equally but it would just be really uncomfortable to like see just different levels of treatment obviously people deal with it every day and it's just really sad to see but we don't need to get into racial matters right now in this fun light-hearted sports podcast um all right a big move happened that I did not see coming the Texans so JJ Watt and them agreed to part ways they released him after 10 seasons He's probably their best defensive player of all time that has ever played for the Texans. So, yeah, what did you guys think, first of all, before we go to possible trade de- – or not trade destinations, but signing destinations, what do you think about the Texans and J.J. Watt deciding to part ways? Can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. Scott, why didn't you see this coming? Because I would have predicted this if you asked me to. I mean, I guess – should... Every player in that team should be trying to leave. I think – no, I, I completely agree. And if you think about it, they all have left. It's um, But I just think that I was so distracted by Deshaun Watson and what's happening with him and trying to see what teams might trade that I completely overlooked J.J. Watt. If you would have asked me, hey, Scott, do you think J.J. Watt's going to get traded or, or, you know, released? I would have probably been like, he probably wants to, and he, if he can, he will. Especially once, once they decide to get rid of Watson, then it's, it's literally just him. Um. And he's past his prime. He probably wants to go ring hunting a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I should, brothers. I, yeah, I should have seen it coming. Um, Trevor, any thoughts? Yeah, I I wasn't too surprised by this. Uh, it, it, from kind of the rumblings we heard at the end of the season, it sounded like J.J. Watt was done in Houston. He wants to go somewhere else. He wants to win. I think that's the biggest thing on his mind is that he wants to win. So, you know, it really, it really, this kind of sucks because Houston, you know, deserves a player like JJ Watt. It deserves a guy that really embraces this town, you know, the town like that. And like he, like JJ Watt did. And it just sucks when your organization can't step up and make these situations work. And just for the last, you know, five or so years, however long uh, Deshaun Watson at least has been there. I mean, shoot, they they screwed him out of so many wins (laughs) by mismanaging the team basically when J.J. Watt was there. So it sucks that they've had all these different chances to really build a team around, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, 
shoot, Matt Schaub was decent there for what a, a little name. bit, but <laughs> yeah, it just sucks that I feel, you know, again, the Texans, like their organization sucks. I feel bad for Houston. Like they don't deserve this, but it is what it is. I think JJ Watt wants to win. So he's going to go somewhere where he wants uh, to win. One, we don't have to dwell on this, but I do find it interesting that if JJ Watt wants to leave. Okay, fine. We'll release you. Go wherever you want. Deshaun Watson wants to go. Nope, we're not going to trade you. Oh, good. Not going. I just find that very interesting. I feel like it's, it, it is very reasons, interesting, but, we don't but have I, to that. I think it's because the different points in their career. Um, just because like Watt, it's I think he's pretty close. Like releasing him, it's not like they had to buy out that. I mean, it's not like he had a, you know a big contract waiting or like you know five years left. It was just kind of let him go. Um, and with Watson, it's a young star quarterback that's not even in his prime yet. Um, so I think that's part of the reason. But I want to talk about some possible destinations for a Watt. I listed some. So I saw um, Green Bay as an option, which got to make Trevor a little excited. I think that's an obvious potential option. One, because they made it to the NFC championship game. And I think Watt would have been very helpful in that case. Um, they, he's also played at Madison. He's from Wisconsin. So I think that's obviously a, a potential place. Um, two, and this is no particular order, uh, Pittsburgh, I think like Josh said, his brothers both play in Pittsburgh. That's where I would guess. That's where I'm guessing he really wants to go. And they were great last year. Um, only question there is, is, you know, is Big Ben returning? Obviously, they lost Maurice Pouncey this year uh, due to retirement. Um, three, you could potentially Big get ben. a – uh, Yeah, three. Large uh, you, Benjamin. You can potentially get a DeAndre Hopkins uh, <sighs> reunite, reuniting, maybe him going to uh, Arizona with Kyler and DeAndre. I'm not really sure about that one. And the last one I actually have listed is the Bears, which I think would be really interesting. Um, his wife plays for the Chicago Red Stars, I believe. So I just see that as a as a potential landing spot. So which of you those do you guys think is gonna gonna work out? So I've actually heard the Browns are an option. Uh, six hours today ago today, a uh, beat writer for Cleveland wrote that JJ Watt is seriously considering the Browns which would be an interesting signing because they've already got Miles Garrett over there. They got a uh, ward uh, Denzel ward. Right. Um, so they got some interesting pieces on defense. They obviously have an offense that has been shown to work. They, I mean, I don't think that offense really needs any more pieces. I think it's good. So the defense, like getting a guy like JJ Watt, a veteran that can really help mentor the D line, help, help, you know, just make the whole defense better. Cause when you have pass rushers, it really just makes every other part of the defense better. You know, secondary doesn't have to cover as long. Linebackers have bigger holes to jump into. It's just better. So, yeah, I think the Browns, this this Browns option is definitely serious and should be considered. Uh, but, uh, you know, if I, I can go on, um, there, the other options I think that are intriguing are definitely Pittsburgh because, I mean, playing with the Watt brothers, think of all the graphics that, you know, NBC and CBS and Fox can put up for us to go look at. Uh, um so that's definitely an option. I don't think Pittsburgh needs Watt, but I mean, if he's, I think he'd take less salary there. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> and then with the Wisconsin connection, if Green Bay can make the money work, then I think they should do it. But if they can't, well, who knows? <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's let's talk about some other trade rumors we have. So obviously, there's still some quarterback trade rumors. I don't know if you guys want to waste time speculating or if you just want to wait till we get some more updates. But right now, we got the three I got are the three W's: Wilson, Wentz, and Watson. Those are the three that I just keep seeing. Um, I saw, you know, uh, Wentz is not really progressing with the Bears, which makes me very happy. Um, 
Wilson, I didn't really think there was going to be a trade rumor at the end of the year, but I, I think he's complained a little bit to the media about getting sacked. I didn't know if that's him just trying to say, like, draft some goddamn old linemen so I don't get hit every play. Um, Watson, we know he he out he wants out. He's communicated out with Houston. Um, but, yeah, what do, what do you think? You know, I think – Wentz isn't going to – the Bears looks like. I think he's garbage. I'm so happy. I think Wentz, the Wentz situation is going to be really interesting to follow – because not because wherever he goes, it's going to work out. I think it's it, whatever happens with this situation is going to just be a dumpster fire. I don't think, like, I don't necessarily think it's because of Wentz's like play, but I don't think it's going to be great. But just because like this like media circus that seems to follow it now that he seems to be like not really great in the locker room for some reason. Like, I I just I I have bad feelings about this Wentz stuff. Uh, the Wilson stuff is interesting because he's another quarterback. You know, I, I was mentioning it earlier when we talked about quarterback here. So, uh, but he's another quarterback that I could see maybe sl- switching places with Dak uh, going to Dallas. I think that would be a situation that he'd find amicable, that he'd like. I think he'd take probably less money than Dak. Um, just, yeah, if, if he has some serious issues with Seattle, then that's a place I could see him going. But at the end of the day, I, I don't know. I just don't see Russell Wilson leaving Seattle. So I see him retiring as a, as a Seahawk. But I will yeah, say, if, right? if you wanna, you're right. If you want to switch from getting sacked to the best O-line in the league potentially, yeah, Dallas is a good place for that. I mean, what Zach Martin? Or... If they stay healthy, I mean, they it's it's not quite what what they yeah. used to be, but it's definitely it's an upgrade still, from Seattle. It's still a way. Like I would even say, yeah, it's, it might not be number one, um, because oh. obviously there's been health concerns. But I'd say a top ten without a doubt, maybe even top five O line in the league. So, um, he he will definitely have less sacks. He's still very mobile. Um, it's not like they have bad receiving options. The thing that would be the only reason I don't think Russ is going anywhere is because they constantly talk about his connection with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and how much chemistry and, and hours put together. And I just don't see him abandoning that while DK Metcalf is just becoming a superstar and Lockett and him are both like all pro locks. So that's my thought on Wilson. Uh, Watson, any ideas where he might end up or just kind of waiting to see? Yeah, I mean, I still think Dallas could be an interesting – situation for him if the Dak stuff doesn't work out and I think honestly Dallas uh, maybe maybe like Washington you know Washington could be interesting uh if the Bears could somehow work up a trade for him then that obviously would be an upgrade but Washington those are the teams I guess I would I would look into for some, right. for some reason people have been saying the Jets I don't think the Jets are going to trade for Deshaun Watson like, I think the Bears should literally do whatever it takes to get him. I don't know. I don't really care how many like picks or stuff you have to do. I think the Bears need to get this guy, no matter the cost. Well, Watson doesn't want to be a, a like he's he's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna play another game with Houston. So I feel like it, it's gonna have to be way less than what like the Goff and Stafford trade was. You know, I mean, even if you do, let's trade like Trubisky and like a third rounder for Deshaun, which might be like a terrible trade for the Texans. It might not sound good it would at least give them some value in a young, a young quarterback that has had some really bright spots. So I feel like we're not going to end. I mean, with the bears, Ryan Pace will probably give them whatever they want, but they shouldn't be giving up like two first rounders. That'd be crazy in my mind. I mean, I don't think we picked the first round. Well, no, never mind. That's a different team. Um, yeah. But if that's all we got for quarterbacks, I got one more kind of sad note to end this off on NFL. Um, 
Vincent Jackson was found dead at 38. Now, I don't really want to waste time speculating, you know, oh, what could have happened? Um, obviously, he he's 38. We think he was pretty healthy. I, I don't want to say, like, anything was involved, and I don't want to think about that. I, I haven't found any reports saying how he died um, other than the fact that his body was found. So um, it's really weird to just see him pass away so young. Uh, I just feel really bad for the Jackson family. Condolences to them. I believe he played with the Chargers as well as the Buccaneers, so condolences to those fan bases, people that grew up watching him. I knew he was one of my favorite receivers when I was young, and I started watching football, and he was just an awesome guy to play, like, Madden 08 with. So, um, yeah, Trevor, Josh, any thoughts on Vincent Jackson? Mental health is no joke, man. It's no joke. And uh, if you feel anything off, please, you know, call the hotline and get some help. So. What was it? Was it suicide? I, I didn't. No, was, I'm just saying. Oh. Like, I don't know what it is, but I'm just saying. Like, you know. Yeah. I'm just saying. No, I, I agree. Yeah, there's there's always you know another way out. There's always you, you know you, you don't like it. Just it sucks. Like, the, I mean, especially like the dude was a legend. You know, I mean, he may not have been like at the level of like a Jerry Rice or a Megatron, but that's not even what the, like the dude was awesome to watch play football. And I, I was shocked to see the news because, you know, he, he really seemed to be like one of those guys. He had fun on the field. He, he was, he, domi- he absolutely dominated cornerbacks, you know, big receiver, just, it sucks. You know, that, that's, it's just terrible news. You hate, hate to see stuff, stuff like this happen in, in today's world, but you know, and he was apparently the, like a multi-man of the year for the Buccaneers. Like apparently just a phenomenal dude. And it just, yeah, yeah it just it's like a lot, a lot of people. charity work and stuff. You're right. Um, was a three-time Pro Bowler, 9,000 yards, 57 touchdowns. I mean, he had a really, really good career. Um, yeah. I'm trying to see. I think it's like six, maybe a thousand-yard season, which is huge. I mean, obviously six five, like 220 or something. Ran pretty well for that size and had a lot of touchdowns. Um, like just quality of player, yes. But I think what Josh said is even more important. He he was a man of a year and stuff, and did did stuff for his community. And um, I I hope that his lasting legacy. Um, we, we keep him alive a little longer by remembering him. So, yeah. Um, let's try to up the mood a little bit with some NBA next. Uh, so, yeah, we got NBA, the current power rankings. Uh, so, yeah, so number one, we got Utah. So, I think this is the first power ranking of the year where not an L.A. team is at one. Um, so, yeah, Utah moves up from two to one. The Lakers move from four to two. Clippers stay at three. 76ers stay at four. Phoenix goes from seven to five. So I'll, I'll just say it again because I feel like that was kind of confusing. Utah, Lakers, Clippers, 76ers, Suns. Those are the top five by ESPN right now. So any any thoughts, disagreements? I, mean, I like Utah one. I like I, the way they're playing right now is crazy fun. And I think Utah's 19 for 20 right now. Yeah, they're uh... – they're they're making basketball look really easy, and I think it's the clear cut number one team right now. I don't think it's like, will they probably win the finals? No, probably not. But right now, at this moment, they are obviously the best team in the league. Yeah, and hey, shout out Utah! You're 21 and seven against the spread. You're one of my money making teams right now, so keep it up. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. 21 and seven against the spread. That means literally, like, assuming they were favored in a lot of their games, like that's 75 percent. All chance. their all their losses are the ones. Are seven of their their losses against the spread? Like usually, that's not the case. Like that team, every time they win, they cover. Like that's insane. Yeah, it, that's like insane. you like I think we said this a week ago, but most of the games that, or maybe two weeks ago before the Nuggets, but most of the games they were winning, 
they weren't just like winning, you know, three points, four points. They were, like you said, covering the spread, but also winning by like double digits. Like their margin of victory has been amazing this year. Um, but yeah, uh, other news with the power rankings. So Raptors are at 17. They move up eight from 18 to 17. And I looked to see, just because I knew Josh would ask, um, who's 16 and 15. So 16 is, I believe, the Hornets, and 15 no. is the Knicks. No. And I, 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 no, I, I agree. I think the Raptors actually should just move, just leapfrog those two, be dead even at 15. I think 14 might be the Mavericks, which you could argue Raptors or Mavericks. But I, I definitely think that the Raptors are a better, one thing, built roster, as well as coached and how they're playing versus Charlotte and the Knicks. Um, so I mean, look at, look at the head-to-head record with Charlotte. I mean, the Raptors and the Knicks. Yeah, Charlotte, both times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it doesn't really make sense to me that why, why the ESPN uh, voters are, are being pretty harsh on the Raptors right now. I think us as a podcast can collectively agree that the Raptors are 15th on our big slump in uh, power rankings of the week. Um, Bulls, they move from 26 to 25. So we jump one spot there. Uh, yeah. I mean, we should say, I mean, the Hornets and the Knicks have been playing pretty well recently, though. So they, they deserve some credit with, with how well they're playing. I just, you know, with, with the head-to-head records being the way they are and the records being similar, I, I think you probably want to put the Raptors above each of those yeah. teams. I, I think, I, no, I, I think that's a good point. I think if you put the Raptors at 15 and you have Charlotte and maybe the Knicks at, like, anywhere from 19 to 17 or at 16, like, we'd have no argument there as long as the Raptors leapfrog them. Um but I, I do agree. Like, the Knicks started off the season really hot, and they've won more games than I think we've expected, as so has Charlotte. So well, they've won their last three, too. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let Bulls, them get hot. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't let the Knicks get hot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then Bulls, yeah, they move up to 20. Give them a hard schedule. They're just going to get hotter. <laughs> um, okay, so then the second thing I have here is, uh, I don't know if you guys saw this, but the Mavs decided, I think Cuban came out and said they're no longer playing the national anthem. And then the next day, the NBA announces that all teams will play the national anthem. I, I just thought we should add that. I, if, what do you guys think about that? I think the tradition of playing national anthem, because people off, I don't care, is super, super weird. Like, why do I need a freedom song in order to sport? It doesn't make sense to me. Like, I, I support the troops. I do. But I don't think they, I don't think anyone needs a song played. I don't care what country it is. It's just a weird, weird tradition, I think. It just, why do we do it? <laughs> I, yeah, like I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it should be as big of a deal as people are making it. Like if you want to honor the military, find like another way to do it because the military and the national anthem aren't synonymous. Like, yeah. <laughs> and also there's not, you're right, Trevor, you could find another, there's nothing stopping players from having a flag in the locker room, listening to the national anthem over there, you know, just having it as like a song on a playlist and just, you know, doing a quick national anthem. And then you go on the court, you know, there's nothing stopping them. I kind of like it because I remember like just going to games or watching it before a game on TV. It kind of gets me like amped. It's a little bit of a reflection period and you're like looking at all the players and just like, I think we've all played sports where the national anthem has been played and you kind of get in your head like, Oh, here we no, go. I, I agree with that feeling. I mean, it's, it's normal to feel that way. I mean, I, I feel that way too. Cause like, mm-hmm. I mean, especially growing up, it's like a moment of patriotism for your country, but I mean, just, you know, right now I think it's really hard to be, you know, nationalistic to be patriotic. Yeah. And to, I mean, just... it goes back in my opinion, to like when we we're in grade school and we're forced to stand for this, for the national pledge anthem. Of, no, the pledge of allegiance. Pledge of allegiance. Yeah. Like, is it, yeah. Pledge of allegiance. It's like, why? It, it's, it's why do we need to where, do this? It's something where Josh, like I, I completely agree. Like I, I, I like it. It kind of gets me hyped up during like pre games, but if you take it away, 
I have no problem with it. Like, I don't think it's that big a deal. And I agree, that might piss a lot of people off. But I think that's an, a really interesting take. And I thought it was kind of interesting that, you know, Cuban kind of came out with this, then the NBA said no the next day. And I was kind of curious to see if there was going to be some more drama. Um, that's honestly probably the main reason I'm bringing up this episode, to see if the Mavericks, maybe they don't play and see if they get in any trouble, see what happens with that. Um, but we'll definitely monitor what's happening there. Uh, the NBA is planning for the dunk contest during halftime of the All-Star game. I love the dunk contest traditionally, but again, it's going to be just NBA players, no fans, probably the judges. Why are we doing this, Scott? The players don't <laughs> even want to do it. No, they really don't. And I don't know who we're going to get to compete. Like, I Who's going to sponsor this? Who want, who, like, I don't. I kind of want to see like a really bad – I want to see like CP3 versus Steph Dude, What Curry. if they just like do like the most boring-ass dunks possible? Yeah. Or they just go like, out there and just like – rim just... grazers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean – I just jumps above, just drops the ball in. If they're gonna do it, and, the, and they have players who want to do it, then I'm. I will watch it. I will like you know at least. Trevor, the first we're five gonna watch it, it anyways. Yeah, we're gonna watch it. Even if it's not a good lineup, or just, if we just can tell the event's not gonna be good, we're gonna watch it. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it is content. But I have zero expectations. I you know it's it's gonna be. I mean, it's literally in the halftime. It's literally watch a, us have a zero expectations, show. but we'll see like some of the best dunks ever. But I I doubt it unless LeBron Aaron finally does it. <laughs> yeah, LeBron LeBron wins it because it's him versus like no one. Um, <laughs> it's it's him versus say. Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> Both of the Isaiah Thomases versus LeBron. Um, <laughs> MJ right. comes and does it. <laughs> Uh, Just because so, Isaiah Thomas is doing it. So we got um, some some interesting news with the NBA. So the Bulls, Levine had 46 points. Um, and both him and Kobe, I think, hit eight three-pointers in that game. I believe they're the first pair of teammates. To I hit. had a double take there when you said Kobe. <laughs> Kobe White. My mom did that too last night. I was watching the game. And, My bad. And she went, why does Stacey keep saying Kobe? And I'm like, that's his name. And no, yeah. Like, that, that's weird. You didn't do anything wrong, Scott. I, I just I, I had to think about that. Like, oh, are you bringing up like a historical statistic or something? <laughs> no, no, yeah. No. Uh, no, but Levine had 46. Uh, I think he went nine for 14 from three. Kobe also hit eight three-pointers. I think they're the first pair of teammates that both hit eight three-pointers. It's kind of shocking that, you know, Clay and Steph hasn't done it. Damon and CJ haven't done it. But, I mean, eight three-pointers is a lot. Um, and, yeah, that was in a winning effort, which is even better. Uh, in a losing effort, Giannis on Wednesday went 47-11 and 11 and lost to the Suns, which I feel like just always has to be so defeating when you do absolutely everything possible and it just doesn't work out. But that also shows you why the Suns are a top-five team in the NBA right now, currently ranked at five. Um, and then some trade stuff. So Cavs are not playing Drummond as they try to trade him. We've seen that Raptors might be a possible landing spot for him. And then also the Pistons are, I believe, going to sit out Blake Griffin looking to trade or looking into buyout options for him right now. So let's talk about those two guys. So Drummond, Griffin, other uh, NBA players with the trade deadline kind of coming up. But, yeah, what do you think about that? I think Blake Griffin needs to really just – not play basketball for a little bit and get his body right. I saw a stat that, shows that said he hasn't dunked in two years. This is Blake Griffin. Like, I know he's not going to be the same as when he was young, but, like, something isn't right in his knees, and he should probably take the time off and do whatever procedure or whatever it takes to, you know, get something back. Because at the rate that he's going, he's going to be out of league in, like, three years. I mean, I just think dunking and having posterizing dunks, that's, like, that's not, you're never going to have that Blake Griffin back. He, no, he needs to, he needs to kind of do what Dwayne Wade did, where – Wade, who was known for defense and athleticism, became a pretty good three-point shooter, a guy that had a, you know, some good post moves, still played good defense in transition game. 
but he was not going to, you know, run past De'Aaron Fox anymore or anything. Or how uh, Carmelo – like, Carmelo Anthony's game was a game that was great when he was young, and it's going to translate till he's 50 years old. Like, he can be doing that in the freaking pickup games um, just because his game's perfect for an old man. Um, he just dunked the other night. Did he dunk? He threw it down. Yeah, he wow. threw it down. Um, I didn't mean to bring that up. But, yeah, I think he just needs to adapt and, and learn that he's not going to be his old self. And I, I think he has worked on his three. Um, obviously, he's not shooting it well this year. Um, I think really just a change of scenery is the best thing for him right now. Uh, you know, some new coaches, some new staff, maybe getting out of Detroit. Who knows? But uh, I'm excited to see where he goes. I, really, I think we're all cheering for Blake Griffin to do well. Yeah, clearly injuries have been a factor. He played 18 games last season. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the season, before, right the season before that, he was averaging 24.5 points, 7.5 rebounds, 5.5 assists. Like, those are, that's, those are good basketball stats. And he's a, he's a good player. Like, guys like Blake Griffin don't usually just fizzle out like this. Like, and, and the way he – like, he did adjust his game. Like, something obviously is wrong with him. Like, him not dunking, like, in two years is an insane stat. It's, it's I mean, too big even a drop. For, like, old players still can dunk. <laughs> Like, but like, yeah, like when you say fizzle out, uh, yeah, it sucks because like, fizzle out kind of makes it seem like he like deteriorates over years. It seems like it's just a sharp yeah. decline, and I think you're right. I think something is up, and and like you said, the just that that two years ago, twenty four points a game is a big difference in what we're getting right now. Yeah, so I don't. Know, he he definitely needs to take some time and work on his game, work on his health. I, you know, I, I hope. Hope, I hope he comes back because honestly, like I love watching him play. He's really funny. Yeah, he's an I enjoy Blake player. Too, a lot. Like, he's an awesome he's a guy. Great, he's a yeah, like like he hearing him. Like he's a guy that the NBA should be really like like he should be more like of a focus than he is because he's just kind of disappeared the last two years. He's a guy. He's playing like, in Detroit. Like, so. with, with That's Ty, but Ty. but even when he was in in his first two seasons there, I should say season and a half, like he was still like Blake Griffin. You know, I mean, he wasn't you know dunking over a. Uh, no, but he was still a Blake Griffin. You he know? still had the hard, like, status. He, he still had the personality. He still had the like. He the lost drive, his personality. Like, the effort to win. I don't know if I he's think, even I lost think his personality. I think it's Space just, like, Jam Two. I think that they they took his mojo and he's he's just he's a boring guy now. No, but the thing is, Blake Griffin is a super charismatic and like you know how Kyrie you, he doesn't really like the media. Blake, you can have all the cameras on him. I think he does like comedy shows. Like Griffin literally does stand-up comedy. Yes. <laughs> he's, he's literally such a great personality that I, I think – obviously, I think we don't need to really worry about him financially or the rest of his career. Like, he will find no. something. But I think we're just he's worried He's just entertaining. About like, he's we, an awesome we, player that we don't want to miss out on the end of his career because of a, you know, I think, a knee injury that I, I think he'll bounce back. Handled. I think he'll – unless he has more injury problems, I think we'll, we'll – this is not the end of Blake Griffin. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's talk so – I didn't see this, but I read about it. LeBron and Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> we didn't talk about Andre Drummond at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, we, I have him coming up later. But, yeah, so Drummond. Um, we're, doing, we're doing Drummond now? We can do Drummond now. All right, let's do Drummond. So I love Andre Drummond. I'll, I'll get that uh, out of the way. We, but, we, should, we should mention the tweet as well, or the quote. <laughs> Trevor, what, what quote are you talking about? Uh, so one of our friends in the basketball group chat posted a – I, I think it was a tweet of a, like someone's quote about Andre Drummond. Yeah, it's unnamed yeah. scout. <laughs> An unnamed scout said that he could average thirty points and twenty rebounds and still have no impact on the game. And honestly, like I don't necessarily one hundred percent agree with that. But with the way like Andre Drummond's kind of existed in the NBA the last, I'd say, three years, I don't necessarily think he's wrong. Yeah, I, I think. 
Yeah, go ahead. He's a weird player. So, so yeah, he is a great rebounder. He's actually an above average at getting steals um, for a big man. Um, does get you like 1.2 blocks a game, which is not bad. It's pretty average um, for a center. But obviously with those rebounds, that's great. His scoring, I think he's averaging like 16, 17 points a game right now, but he's shooting at like 43%. And for a guy that has no mid-range, no three-point, and not a great free-throw shooter. And he's not a shot blocker either. He's, he's not. For, for a center, he's not really that big a shot blocker. He's okay. No. He's, not, he's not like below average, but he's not. He, he's, he's at the point where like, yeah, he's a seven-footer. He's going to get his hand on the ball He's at about 6'10". Really? I don't think he's a seven-footer. Um, but, I, that height, it's. <laughs> with shoes, with shoes. Uh, but uh, the yeah. thing is, he's shooting 43% as a guy that only takes shots in the paint. They're all dunks. They're all layups. They're all putbacks. It's just, it's so inefficient. And also the Cavaliers, I'm sorry, their coaching staff is really shitting up the floor right now. You have Colin Sexton. You have Dar- uh, Darius Garland. Who's the head coach of the, the Cavs? <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. The last person I remember you, was, like, Congratulations. was like Larry Drew. I Maybe think. Bickerstaff. It's you, Trevor. Who, you coach like, the Cavs. That's why they're falling <laughs> apart. You're never there. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, oh yeah, Jay, I remember him. Um, yeah, so he's he's the head coach apparently, and it's just Drummond's. Well, I saw some games where he was getting like a 40 percent usage rate as a center that is not really a ball handler assist guy and only shoots from about six feet maybe and in, and yeah, he's shooting so inefficient that it, it's just tough. Now I think he has talent and I think he has a lot of skill that could be like really helpful. And I think if the Raptors get him, one, Masai is smart enough not to give up too much. Two, I don't think that they're going to, like, give crazy value because he's going to be a free agent in six months maybe or half a year. Um, and I think that they'll change his role where he's not getting 30% of the touches. They are The Raptors have scoring players. They have Siakam. They have uh, FEV and Lowry. Like, as long as Drummond can get rebounds and feed them and keep um, possession gain, – gain them, like, you know, five more possessions a game, that's huge. Or – stop the other team from getting possessions by helping the Raptors rebound. This is obviously saying the Raptors are a top candidate to get Drummond right now. Um, the pro- there's that- a lot of problems, though. Okay, so if you want to forget the money part, he's got a lot of money the rest of the way to, for the yeah, books. He's, and he's got a big contract. So. Yeah, but forget that. If you want to go down the Raptors roster and ask me who I would trade, just straight up for, for Drummond, you have to get very down on that You're list. Gonna, I think I it's going to be two players. There's like two players. Like It's, it's probably going to be what, Powell and Baines? I, no, I would, I would, I would not do Powell. I would not do Powell. I, mean, I would Baines, Baines, you would give up. Yeah, because I hate Baines. Yeah. <laughs> He's a well, center. Well, so. I mean, would, would they do Baines in like a second rounder? Why would you give up a second rounder? Because you're trying to win now. I don't know. And Drummond gives you a better chance to do that. I don't know, man. But uh, I don't, I, I, I don't, I I don't think you're resigning I would give Drummond. Up, I would give up Baines and Terrence Davis. That is the max I would do. And you and would do Davis, Davis bad morals. Yeah, and I don't think he's been that good either. So yeah, that's that's the that's the best I can offer. That doesn't even, you can't even do that because the money doesn't line up. And I don't think the Cavs would even want. Yep. Those two they don't guys they, need they a third don't, team involved. The thing is, the Cavs I don't really think want a center for center trade because they don't need another center right now. They got Jared Allen and Larry Nance and Kevin Love coming back. They're fine with big men. Javale McGee, I can't believe I forgot him. Um, so I don't think they want to add Aaron Baines to that rotation. Uh. But yeah, so maybe the drum doesn't go to the Raptors, but right now they are they are he is being shopped. Um I love him just like I like I like watching him. I love I love just that his tenacity as a rebounder. Um reminds me of a young me, even though I think he's about six years older. Uh but don't worry about it. Um 
so yeah, let's talk about some other things. LeBron and Kuzma, they were warned by the NBA for flopping against the Grizzlies. I did not see the flop. I don't know if you guys uh, did, if you guys want to touch on it. They were so bad. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> Explain it, Trevor. The LeBron one, the LeBron one was so bad that the announcers, you could just hear how disgusted they were when <laughs> LeBron had this, I think it was a, a rebound attempt and it was it was a just it was a really disgusting like I'm trying to find a video. Here we go. Like hey. LeBron just like you hear the announcers like disgust though, but he, he like they go for a rebound. And he literally just like falls over. Nobody t- is touching him, and you got a clear look at him because like the camera's on the baseline. Like it's it's really dumb, and it makes LeBron look bad, and he, he deserves to look bad for that because like that looks bad. Like what are you doing? You're six eight. You're like two hundred fifty pounds or whatever. Like. You don't just get knocked over by air. Oh, sorry, dude. Like, stop flopping. It, I hate flopping. Flopping is one of my least favorite things in the world, in sports in general. Like, it sucks. I wish it didn't exist. But, you know, people get calls. This, this kind of shit happens. I don't know, like, what this warning is going to end up doing. But it's just – it's stupid. It's, it's stupid. I wanna, Brian, please stop I, flopping. Like, I want to clear. Like, people, people think that, like, people that take charges flop – because, like, I guess they're both ending up on the ground. But I think, like, we all know there's a very clear difference from what LeBron did and what a player like Chris Paul or Kyle Lowry does. I knew you were going with Lowry. Very, very different things. Well, those guys are at least taking contact, you know? Like, like yeah. they're trying to give up their body. And if the guy's going to run right into them, they'll let them get hit. If the yeah. guy's trying to the side and it does hit him a little bit, yeah, they might sell it a little bit extra. And Lowry has had some egregious flops, I will say. But it is different trying to get a – to you know, to take a charge versus like. I mean, did you see Jimmy Butler's flop the other night, where he like the camera's watching him as he flops, and as the ref looks away, he like winks at the camera, and like is faking it, like and selling it. Like that's different than what people take. Like I think taking charges are like an art. That's something you got to teach, and you can learn from, and it's a good basketball skill. Flopping is just acting, and that's not the sport. The sp- we're not trying to get a, a Golden Globe here. We're trying to trying to win a basketball game. So. I don't know. I, I love players that take charge as well. I mean, Aaron Baines does it too, and he's huge, so probably shouldn't yeah. be doing it, but he takes charges all the time. Aaron Baines and, is an all-time charge taker. Him, yeah, he's up there he's with, the uh, right with Big Baby. I think he's leading <laughs> the league right now. But, I, uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. My parents always taught me growing up in sports that you, know, you don't flop, you don't go down unless you, you, you know, get hit or pushed. or you know, like That way, when you go down, my parents will either know or the refs will hopefully know. Yeah, there, there was something that brought him down. He's not just going on the ground every time a, a strong wind comes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, enough about flopping. We all are anti-flopping, but pro-charges. Um, yeah, we want charges to go up. We want, we want yeah. like, at least 10 charge calls a game. That'll be that's a That's no. an over that I will probably <laughs> never bet, but I hope no. so. No. Um, other Laker <laughs> news, Anthony Davis is out two to three weeks. He had an MRI on his calf strain. I believe he was. They were worried about him reaggravating his Achilles. Um, so yeah, so he just he's gonna be out for two to three weeks, then be probably reevaluated. So a little bit of news for the Lakers that could explain them dropping to number two um, on the power rankings. Uh, do you guys want to talk about the Draymond Green and Drummond stuff? I mean, probably could have talked about it when we were talking about Drummond, but I feel like we could talk about it now as well. Sure. Um. So Draymond Green, he kind of called out the double standard in the NBA. And here's some quotes he had. So he said, this is what really shocked me is what he's, how he started. He's like, just at a press conference, unprovoked, he says, 
I would like to talk about something that's really bothering me. And when he said that, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. And this is also after a 129-98 Warriors win. So it's not like there's a loss. There's any reason for him to be upset. It's not against – I don't think it – or I think it was against the Cavs. Regardless, they won. And he said, and it's the treatment of players in this league. To watch Andre Drummond before the game, sit on the sidelines, then go to the back and come out in street clothes because a team is going to trade him, it's bullshit. Because when James Harden asked for a trade and essentially dogged it, no one's going to fight back that James was dogging it in his last days in Houston. But he was castrated for wanting to go to a different team. Everybody destroyed this man. And yet a team can come out and say, oh, we wanted to trade a guy. And then the guy has to go sit. And if he doesn't stay professional, then he's a cancer. And he's not good in someone's locker room. And he's the issue. So do you guys kind of see what he's saying? And do you agree with Draymond on this point? Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I get it because it's, it's a different I – think, I think James Harden, too, part of it was he's obviously a more impactful, like, social media guy. Like, he's going to attract more attention on social media than Andre Drummond would. But I, I, do, I do get it. Like, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion, like, I like giving more power to the players. Like, at the end of the day, you know, you, these, these are the guys that are going to be competing and on the floor, and they're playing a game. They're, you know, this is – you want them to have fun doing it because that's going to – when they're going to be competing the best. So, if they, want, if they want out of a situation, they should be able to ask out without, like, you know, just – getting mocked for it but you know at the same time it you know i think i don't think these situations are necessarily as comparable but uh, did drummond didn't even ask for out did he maybe i mean i think, I think it's just the sur- the surplus of centers and that he's gonna be a free agent that they're trying to get some value from now rather than just losing him yeah it's i mean if i'm andre drummond me. i wouldn't want to be on the Cavs, but <laughs> or the pistons <laughs> you this know it's complicated for me because like from the James Harden, I think we can agree didn't handle it the best. Um, going in the strip clubs and stuff during a pandemic and being a whining baby about it was not the way to do it. Um, and, but yeah. I'm all for you know I'm all for players coming first. They want to get be traded, saying so. I just think James Harden didn't go about it the right way. So I don't think uh, I don't think that, I don't think that that was handled well. But at the same time, like if you're not being played by a team. And they're open about drawing the trade you. Like John Wall was not the John Wall situation. He didn't want to be traded. They traded him anyways. Didn't even the way they handled yeah. it wasn't great from the team perspective either. So there's been a, there's been experiences of both player and team fucking it up both times. Um, but if a, if a team wants to trade you and the player also wants to be traded, then yeah, you probably shouldn't play because one you're risking injury, and then if you get hurt, guess what? You're not going anywhere, and no one's happy. And, you know, the team is going to want to, you know, get other guys' minutes if you're not going to be there. So, I, I see it. So, I, it's complicated. It's, it's a very tight rope to balance. I, I completely agree with Josh. I think that there should not be a stigma of, like, players can't really ask for trade. Um, I think that voicing your opinion, like, and I guess we can go cross-sport here. Deshaun Watson saying he wants out of Houston, I'm fine with that. And the way he's going about it, I'm okay with that. But how Harden said he wanted out and obviously the strip club and not being the best professional showing up to camp, maybe 20 pounds, 25 pounds overweight, that might be generous. Um, it's not very professional from him as a basketball player. or well, as, he was shit-talking his team, his new teammates. He was talking yep. – yeah, no. And, and, and honestly, his teammates like DeMarcus and, and Wood and Wall, everyone's saying the right thing about how they're trying to make the best of like the situation and – and then, you know, Harden came into press conferences, and you're right. He just shit-talked, and he's like, 
it's just not working right now. Like just a, such a downer negative that it was not the right way. And I, so I think we're all on the same page. Players should be able to ask for trades and request trades and should not be given any like backlash from anyone, maybe teammates that might be hurt by it. I'm fine with that. Cause that's a personal connection. I mean, fans but, can feel hurt too. Cause yep. the fans get attached to you. Like it but, make, but, everything makes sense. Like it's still do it though. Like it's still, but, do but it. as long as it's done right, I don't think media or, or the team or the league should like really, I think like Draymond says, cast, castrate a guy. Um, Trevor, do anything else to add before we move on? No, I, you guys hit the nail on the head there. I'm good. Yeah. I, I think Josh actually really took a good, good lead on that. I, I completely agree with what he said for that. Um, so some COVID news in the NBA, a little bit sad stuff here. Four Spurs players tested positive for COVID today, Tuesday, um, which is going to postpone their next three games. And then they're also going to postpone the Hornets next two, I believe, because they played, I think, yesterday. Um, and then the last NBA thing I have is Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms says that this is a made-for-TV event only and people should not travel to Atlanta to party. This is in relation to the All-Star game coming up. I think this is a great thing for her to come out and say, um, you know, obviously like all-star games are usually a really big uh, economic help to a city. I mean, it's probably not going to like Atlanta is a big enough city. They're doing fine financially, but it would be a nice boost and they probably would make a ton of money off of people, players, fans, families, everyone just traveling, everyone going to the small businesses and just staying around Atlanta for a little bit. And I'm really happy that she's not trying to be like, oh, we, we can still have fun around Atlanta even though you can't go to the game because that would just not be safe. So I'm happy she's taking safety into consideration. Um, just a nice note that I want to add. That's everything I got for basketball. Is there anything else you guys want to add? It appears that, like, I, I think yesterday, maybe it's today, was the last day of All-Star voting. So the All-Star is probably going to be whatever the last voting was. So I don't see anyone oh. on, that, on that making up the ground. So we'll, I, think, I think we're going to – Whoever the bench players are, it's going to be super interesting. We're going to have a long chat about that probably when it's revealed. But you know, I'm yeah, really we'll hoping probably, Levine gets in there. We'll definitely talk next week or the week after. And I think it's going to be interesting. I was thinking about this today. There's usually a lot of times there's like someone that gets an injured reserve spot or, you know, like Trevor will be nominated as an all-star, then he gets hurt. And then I'm technically an all-star because Trevor couldn't be an all-star that year, even though we both kind of will be in the history books as all-stars. Um, I can't die. <laughs> It just they'll have someone else play in your place, pretty much. You'll still be an all star. Um, but I, I think that's interesting. I think there's going to be some COVID, like you know, some players that just won't be able to play in the game because of COVID, and that might give more people a chance to be an all star. So yeah, that's just interesting there. Um, NHL power rankings, or actually no, I don't have any power rankings. But for the NHL, just an interesting thing that I saw in like the past five days, maybe. So the oh man. If you're ready for me to mess up some hockey names, here's the segment. Um, the Hurricanes trade Ryan Dingzel. I practice. Scott, you should know him. I practice this too. That's the sad part. It's just the DZ always gets me off. But it, the Canes traded Ryan Dingzel. I've never said it out loud, but I've read so much about him. Um, it, they traded him to the Ottawa Senators for Cedric Paquette and Alex Galchenyuk. Um, Not I just remember out of the park, Scott. Good job. The last two were the harder ones. Were, I think I did better. But uh, Paquette, he played with the Lightnings last year. Yeah, I believe last year and won the Stanley Cup. So I thought it was really cool that the Hurricanes got him. And then Galchenyuk, um, he was the third overall pick in 2012. And the Canes actually traded him back to a can, uh, Canadian team. They traded him to – I don't even have where they traded him to. Uh, the Maple Leafs. I'm pretty sure it's the Maple Leafs. Um, they traded him for 
Igor Korshkov and David Warsfarsk. Nope, not going to even try that one. Um, but it's just kind of interesting. Just the fun thing that I wanted to add about this. So Galchenyuk, uh, so, he, so he was traded from Ottawa to Carolina and then back to Toronto. So he actually never left Canada and started his two-week quarantine because I think he knew he – I think the Hurricanes probably informed him, which I hope is the right move because that would have sucked if he left – Canada had a quarantine two weeks to play with the Hurricanes and then had to go back to Canada. So he got traded twice in 48 hours, and this is a former third third overall pick. So just interesting note there. Um, and then we'll touch on baseball next. All right. So um, Scott Scott gave me a bunch of things here. I'm just going to talk about <laughs> other stuff. Um, so Cubs news. Cubs news, the Cubs signed uh, Jake Marisnik and uh, I didn't just realize it's a double, double Jake transaction. Also mm-hmm. signed Jake Garrietta. Um, Jake Marisnik, for no real reason at all, is one of my favorite players in baseball. There's no real reason. I just love Jake Marisnik, so it made me really happy. I'm probably going to get his jersey, even though it's only a one-year deal. I just love Jake Marisnik. What number no, is he going to wear? I don't, don't think we know yet. <laughs> it's not official yet. It's not official yet. So, neither is a Jake Garrietta signing, which um, I, I'm super cynical about the Cubs, so I think Jake Garrietta was just signed to appease the fans that are pissed at them because um, he's not particularly good anymore. And Josh, do you think the Cubs are going to be good this year? No. So are they going to be bad? Also, no. Do you think that Jake Arrieta signing being signed makes the Cubs money? <laughs> yes. Yeah, puts butts in seats. People love Jake. Garrietta. I love Jake Garrietta, dude. If, if fans what, are a lot, people will come watch Jake Garrietta. I mean, I mean we'll I, in 2016, go? like that, I didn't even. I'm not even a. I'm not, I'm not really a baseball fan, especially not like either of you. But I mean, you know, that was that was a name that I was like, if he's pitching, you got to go watch it, Jake. Yeah, Garrietta. Jake Day. Like, Jake Day <laughs> was a real thing from 20, no. from 2015 through 2016, even some of 2017. Jake Day was a very real thing, and he he was he's my second favorite pitcher of all time. If Jake yeah. Garrietta is pitching, I will watch that baseball game. And so for that reason, uh, I think that's why they brought him back. You could have brought yeah. back Lester for cheaper. They're probably gonna have some similar production maybe mm-hmm. and uh i think i think jake Arrieta was just brought back to appease fans and i'm appeased i love jake Arrieta. like it worked okay i'm happy <laughs> i love jake Arrieta. so running it back yeah running it back even though I mean, even if we see glimpses glimpses of like the old jake that'll just be fun for us um, it doesn't even matter just put him in the cubs uniform that swole ass yep. dude just chucking <laughs> I, baseballs i'm me- good to me, this is like when like your favorite like film franchise signs like an actor and actress that you really like anything they're in. Like they're like, oh, Star Wars is signing The Rock to be in uh, six Star Wars movies. Like, no, what it's like is Harrison Ford being in Episode Seven. That's yeah. what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I love Jake Rita. I'm happy about it. He's probably not going to be good. The cut, is your, it, it's fine. Is your first favorite pitcher? Is he a former Marlin? Yeah. Okay, that's who I thought it was. I, I was just thinking, I'm like, it's not another ex-Cubs. I'm pretty sure Jake was your favorite Cub. But okay, um, yeah. yeah my favorite pitcher of all time is Jose Fernandez. But um, electric. Rest in peace, my guy. Um, yeah, rest in peace. Jason Kipnis, also Cubs connection. He's from he's from Northbrook. I don't know if you guys knew that. Is but, he? Uh, Cubs fan growing up. Absolutely insane. Um, shout out Northbrook. <laughs> shout out Northbrook. Shout out the um, Lego store in Northbrook Court. <laughs> <laughs> you frequent? <laughs> I used to. Um, he's off to join the join the Braves because the Cubs weren't seriously uh, trying to get him back, which they probably should have. They don't really have a second baseman right now, and he's totally average right now. Would have been okay, but I, I wish they got him back. Uh, that's it for actually. That's not true. Uh, Jed Hoyer today. Um, spring training kind of opened up. Pitchers and catchers are supposed to report today, but that's all kind of confusing because COVID. But that's supposed to be today. And uh, a reporter asked him straight up, like, 
what's up with Chris Bryant? And he's like, we're not having any trade talks. He's almost certainly going to open the team with the team. Don't, we're done talking about trades with him. And I was like, hell yeah. I don't have to worry about this shit anymore. I'm tired of reading about Chris Bryant trade room. It's been like two years now. I'm sick of it. So that made me happy. And that's it for uh, Cubs stuff. Um, uh, Red Sox traded Andrew Benintendi, which I think they, it feels like they've been trying to trade Andrew Benintendi for longer than the Cubs and trade, trying to trade Bryant. So I don't know. It's close. They got... Yeah, I don't know why these play teams hate their own players. It's very confusing. But the Red Sox got two players and uh, three players to be named later. I don't know what Benintendi is. I think that's kind of the problem is no one really knows what he is still. Um, but I think, you know, he can have a good no, – there's no pressure to be good on the Royals. So we'll see if he's good this year. I think we'll find that out. Um, and uh, Padre signed Keona Kella. He's famous for punching a dude while being on the Pirates. Uh, they also signed Mark Melanson, who is my favorite reliever that you forget exists all the time. Every time I read his name, I'm like, oh, right, he still pitches. So I always he's forget still really what good, team he's on. He was on the Braves. He was on the Braves. He was on the Pirates a little bit. He played with the Nationals. Like, I just forget where he is because they move him around like every year. Yeah, and the Rockies got C.J. Crone, which good for C.J. Crone, seeing a, a disaster franchise to be like, I'm going to go play there because they're going to have no one, else, no one else to play those positions. So good, good on C.J. Crone for taking advantage of that. Um, uh, that's 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 really it for baseball. He signs. Uh, uh, he signed a minor league deal with uh, the Rockies. Yeah, CJ Crone only signs minor league deals. I don't know what the deal is. He's pretty decent. I don't know. He's, he's yeah. the first baseman. That's really why. But um, the Brewers just re-signed Brett Anderson. Sick. <laughs> the Twins signed Matt Shoemaker. He's always good when he's healthy. No, actually, the Rays got Rich Hill because Rich Hill took less money to go to a good team, and uh, Rich Hill with Rays pitching help is going to be a scary pitcher. I think he's going to be fantastic if he stays on the mound. And the, Ray, uh, the Mariners bringing back James Paxton. I love a good reunion, as you can tell from Jake Arrieta. So uh, I, think, I think that's it from Baseball World, I think. It's just, it's just minor league deal time. Mets got Kevin Pillar. The A's signed uh, uh, Yusmero Petit and uh, Sergio Romo. And that just brought back Justin Turner. It's all stuff yeah. that was like – it's all things that are just like expected to happen. And swing training is supposed to be starting, man. It's, uh, we're going to get baseball. I'm excited for baseball. And hopefully mm-hmm. we'll do a uh, season preview podcast soon but uh and i think yeah. for that i think for that uh season preview podcast episode a really fun thing would be just to quickly go through each team and like do a tier list do we think championship contenders do we think you know like i think we'll, we should have we'll, mvp we'll candidate all star trevor predict every team's record yes uh trevor do your homework buddy. so many games trevor you're not busy or anything right the games have to add up to 162 i just want you to predict the final record of each team yeah. you don't have to do all right you can do the math I can do math. This team's going one sixty one and one. Uh, so, Josh, is there anything else with baseball? Or are we good to go on? Uh, I love Jake Marisnik. He can go on. <laughs> um. All right. And then, actually, just a throwback to Jason Jake Marisnik. I remember talking about him. I think one of the earliest episodes and talking about how he was our favorite like ex Astros because he was the most like apologetic and the one that you could honestly feel his guilt with with being on that team. Um. His so nickname just, is Fudge. When players weekends, he always has fudge in the back of his jersey. I love Jake Marisnik. I have a collection of Jake Marisnik signed cards back when he was a Blue Jays prospect. I got a lot of Jake Marisnik stuff. I love that guy. All right. Uh, some other sporting news this weekend. So Sunday was the Daytona 500. Michael McDowell, he, he was ended up being the winner. Just for all our NASCAR fans out there, don't want to forget you. Just a, another big event in your world. I think he dodged a wreck on the final lap. Yeah. Did so, you watch the replay of that? Man. No, actually, but that's – those aren't easy to navigate through. Like, how many and have you and movies, like, they make those wrecks look, like, so intense. Like, 
they're also they're like drivers are like do it you know turn left and right no it's it's not exactly like that but it's still like it's it's a it's really difficult to like get out of one of those it's so fast like you a lot of times you just don't have any control like if you, if you get upended yeah. and you're in the air you're just it's it, it happens in a snap of a finger um mm-hmm. i actually listened to like a 20 minute documentary of uh the dale earnhardt jr crash and how there's been no deaths in nascar since and the yeah. safety um the say it was a very interesting listen i was actually like working out during this uh like little audiobook i guess i was listening to and it was very fascinating to hear just about how much they changed and how much safer nascar is and that that's a really good sign um but trevor you yeah. want to tell the fans what were the not the fans the listeners what we're about to do next yeah so uh you know we like we like to theme our drafts you know based on what's going on uh current events and we, we've expressed interest in doing a, a sports movie draft in some recent episodes. So today, uh, everyone, it's it's kind of become like, it's a little stale now, but, you know, ESPN and uh, Bleach Report, they all like to post uh, anniversaries of movie, <laughs> of sports stuff that haps, happens in movies. So today's anivers- the anniversary of uh, Happy Gilmore beating Shooter McGavin, <laughs> uh, hitting uh, just absolutely crazy shot on the final hole to get a uh, iconic moment <laughs> iconic sports one moments. below par I'm, my golf terms are just leaving my head right now uh, <laughs> God, what's what's the one below par not a birdie is it a birdie anyways hole so, one eagle and birdie i think yeah, it is a birdie okay so golf you know iconic moment sports history happy gilmore is one of my all-time favorite m- movies so even if it is a little cringy and stale at this point like i still love it when that tweet comes up and even like actually uh while recording adam sandler actually posted a video uh at 3 30 central times uh of him doing the happy gilmore swing so <laughs> you know, pretty pretty cool pretty cool day so today's draft uh well actually we're not doing a draft today we're going to be doing a something a little different it's our inaugural power ranking so we're going to do a power ranking of sports movies and these you know i don't think these are necessarily like best like you know oh well this won an oscar so it's obviously like no we're just doing you know our favorites like and all subjective you know it's just in our opinion which ones do we like to sit down and watch the most um some of our favorite sport movies to watch not necessarily the best not necessarily the funniest or the most it might not even be good movies (laughs) and i i have some on my list that some will probably consider not very good movies but i personally just it's a movie that i can turn on and i always love to watch okay Okay, well let's let's try it out let's let's do it let's do it okay i'm gonna say my favorite sports movie of all time and i hope it makes our list uh my favorite it's my second favorite movie of all time just in general uh moneyball i love 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 moneyball i made a big board okay i spent a lot of time on a big board my second movie was Moneyball. Um, okay. I am, I'm extremely down with Moneyball in our top wherever we want. I, Trevor, I where do you have Moneyball ranked? Okay. So Uh-oh. this is one of those movies. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen Moneyball yet. <laughs> it's on, I, have a, I have a list of like 50 movies and television shows that I am working through. <laughs> I, I have a big list but too. Let me say this. It is on my list. It's uh, number 10 right now in order of <laughs> when I'm going to watch it. <laughs> But I've heard a lot of good things. Obviously, it's it's uh, you know has it's received nominations for award season. Uh, I and I love the cast: Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill. I, I was just uh, saying that in there the, too, man. Chris the Pratt. casting's amazing. Um, Dustin Hoffman. It's, it's Aaron Sorkin. Like I, no, I mean, I, it's 
it's all those things make it a good movie in my eyes i do want to watch it but i'll let you guys talk more about it because it is definitely closer to you guys since you've seen it i I think josh will be able to dive deeper than me i just want to say yeah the cast is amazing i think the movie has a really good pace it's pretty quick it has some really funny comedical moments and it shows you an inside of baseball without like overdoing a lot of action scenes or like you don't really I, i just think it's an it's an awesome movie that the actors they don't mail it in. They absolutely crush the roles. Um, Josh, whatever you want to add. It's the story of, at the time, Athletics General Manager Billy Bean trying to overcome the uh, Oakland Athletics inability to spend money at the, at the, uh, in the same way the Yankees can throw around money. So it's a story about how you think differently and play outside the box, come out and create your own competitive advantages. And uh, it's just really heartwarming to see this. Spoiler alert. It's a sports podcast. You all know it. They, the athletes did not win the World Series. They still have not won the World Series since the book came out or the movie. But it's just a really good story. And uh, a bunch of it isn't real. Like the Jonah Hill character, not a real character in real life. But it doesn't really matter. Um, it's just great. All, all the players are real. Everything that happens to the players is mm-hmm. all real. They use real footage at times. It's just a really good movie and it just it happens just, to be about baseball and it happens to be about a real story about the open athletics it's just a it, really good movie yeah it just shows the innovation that they made to get a competitive advantage on the rest it of change the, the sport yeah change it, the sport it's, and it's cool to see like it just it's a really good movie trevor you'll have to let us know when you watch it if you enjoy it oh for sure um who I, I would have to... no problem putting this this movie on a on a power rankings list. I've, okay. I've heard nothing but good things. Well, so. I have it number one. Scott has it number two, and I so I'm assuming the lowest we can put it is number three. I, I think it's without a doubt a top three. Yeah. Okay. We can. Put Trevor, it do you want to right suggest one for one or uh, one for the top three? Yeah. Uh. So my movie, uh, d- definitely a different style of movie, but it's I think it's one of the funniest movies of all time. It's Caddyshack. I fucking love Caddyshack. Chevy Chase plays, you know, he plays a great straight man in pretty much anything he does. He, plenty of comedy there. You got Bill Murray, groundskeeper, as like a side little adventure. Just him like with the fucking gopher sticking the holes in the in the ground. It comes like straight out of a cartoon. But I fucking love Caddyshack. Just the outfits, the the era. Just it's a great '80s movie. It's I think it's one of the funniest movies of all time. Great from Harold Ramis. Just love the cast. I don't know. I, you guys have any thoughts on Caddyshack? I think I've seen it once, but I don't really remember it. I do think I really enjoyed it, and I love the cast with Bill Murray and Chevy Chase. Um, I I just I need to rewatch it. That's my only thing. If Josh agrees with you and this is a really funny and great movie, I'm fine. But if mm-hmm. not, I think we might have to move it down. Yeah, I mean no, it's a classic. Fair. It's a classic, but I think I everything else on my list I would put over it. I didn't consider Caddyshack. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I know it's a film that me and my mother like to watch, and. Uh, you know, it's, it's a classic for a reason. It's the, I think it has a place on a list, uh, but I don't know if it has a place in our top three. Okay. Trevor, yeah. I, will, no, I, will, I will add that to my personal list, and I will rewatch it for you <laughs> within the upcoming weeks. Um, uh, can I put a nomination? Of course, it's your turn. I, so, think, I think there's another movie, but go ahead. Yeah, Trevor, no, you, you can go. No, 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 no. You, you go. Okay. You go. <laughs> so a movie that I just think is really well done is Miracle. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's top three, but I, I think it's just – I like to talk about pace a lot with movies. Um, and I think I, one thing I like that there's historical significance. I like that it's based off a true story. I think it's just a really cool, like the, the actual thing that happened is like a movie story. And I like happy endings and stories too in movies. So that's always great. Um, just showing the bond between players, showing the, um, the rivalry, I think between Boston college and Minnesota um, just coming together and, you know, having their adversities and 
overcoming them. I, I just think it's a really good hockey movie. Uh, and it's one of the movies that whenever it's on, I'm in the speech at the end, really cool. I, I just think it's a really, really good sports movie. And it's got to be at least for me, a top three. I had it one, I had Moneyball two. So that, that's how I kind of rank them. But I think since Josh really likes Moneyball, I'm fine with that at one. Uh, yeah. So Miracle is absolutely in my top three uh, sports movies. It, my, my top three personal favorite sports movies. I think just the message it has, the, the camaraderie that you see grow between uh, the USA hockey team, the speech, the the moments, you know, the obviously where they're doing the suicides again, again, mm-hmm. like a lot of powerful moments in this Who movie. Do you play a lot for? of just, yeah, just a great movie. And it's a hockey movie because I, I, don't, I don't think a hockey movie is really like, I don't think hockey is like a great medium for a movie. There's and some, there's just, some that I have like as honorable yeah. mentions, but this is the one that stands so head and shoulders above the other yes. where there could be like a lot of baseball movies I could consider or basketball movies. But with hockey, this was the only one I could consider as the top. Yes. And the way they capture the sport, the way they capture the rivalries between the countries, between the players, just, uh, you know, in the time, the way they, I, it just, it's a, it's a perfect hockey mm-hmm. movie to me. And, like, and uh, Kurt Russell top kills three. it. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, you good with the, uh, do you want to do Moneyball one miracle Two or is I that... think Miracle should be three. I think okay. it's a pretty good three. I think okay, my I think pick right three. here is really important, just the culture of sports in general and the way that Can... society since. In terms yeah. of just culture and cultural importance and just ways that sh- shape sports and had a lasting impact in society, I think Space Jam has to be it has to be talked about. I think it's well, it's not the best, you know, culturally it's not the best film, it's not the funniest, it's not the I think it's I think it's just really, really really important for a lot of different reasons and i think i think it should be too i think where we as you know our generation specifically like when we grew up like i think space jam to like the, the regular person is objectively a bad movie but the sort of the nostalgia of like for me it's watching space jam like at my after school program in like a weird like bean bag that's like half empty <laughs> And like I, I'm watching like Michael Jordan and all my favorite cartoon characters, and just it's I don't know like it it's one of those movies that's like it's nostalgic for me. It it's it's impacted you know Michael Jordan's popularity and his just transcendence through generations because obviously I didn't grow up watching Michael Jordan, but we that's, got that movie, we got Wizards ears. This is what yeah. we got. <laughs> like that move, yeah. Like he won his last championship when I like the year I was born. Like I right, don't right remember before you were born, Trevor. What? I think it was right before you were born. No, he won the 97-98 uh, NBA Finals. I Weren't think. you born May 98? Yeah. So I was, I I think he was born I think he was born finals. after he <laughs> clinched it. Um, anyways. Yeah. I was saying the year, but anyways. <laughs> it's I, I agree with Josh in the sense that it's... It's just really important, in, man. Impactful and an important movie, and I think it's important to all of us. I just I don't know if I'd put it top three, but I, I want to hear what Scott has to say. I'm with Trevor. I think subjectively, it might not be that good a movie. Um, objectively. Uh, objectively. Um, importance, yeah, I think there is an importance of like the time and transcending Michael Jordan and a lot of NBA stars from just basketball players to uh, actors and media personalities. I think that's great. But I, honestly, like as a movie, I, I can't consider Space Jam, Moneyball, and Miracle in the same category of tier. And, and it, I'm not saying importance of film and in athletics, but I'm just saying as quality movies and sports movies that I like, I, I would not have those three together. I mean, well, so it's it. tough though. Cause this is a subjective list. 
and like i do love watching space jam like i could watch it now and there's plenty of moments that like make me cringe and like but it's that's part of the charm can i can i can i have a a replacement nominee so moneyball and miracle are two like based off real life um kind of serious have some uh you're trying to tell me space jam isn't a real story it's i i mean if that's what your parents told you go with it um but i'll since a lot of my top five are like pretty serious or some humor but like pretty much real life stories i decided to have one that was just a fun one that you could always turn on and it's just always like really good to watch so i added blades of delory um so i want you to nominate that is is i don't know maybe three or two but i think that's just it's really funny really good acting um the thing that's hard about will ferrell is i started listing him and then i thought about Talladega Knights. Talladega. Um, Talladega. I can't say that word. Um, and then I also thought there's another movie, Semi Pro. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like going through yeah, sports movies guys, with guys, him. Guys, guys. But I think Blades of Glory is his be- is his best sports movie and is the funniest one in my opinion. If you want to have a comedy, uh, the best sports comedy undoubtedly is Dodgeball. <laughs> I had that too, but okay. I, I don't. So. Here's my thing with Blades of Glory. I, I do love Blades of Glory. I, I, it's, one, it's an easy movie to watch. I love it. Like, I think it's really funny. I think the chemistry between Will Ferrell and, um, um, oh, my God. Uh, is it Jimmy something? Whatever the, the blonde skater's name is. <laughs> uh, I'm looking him up. The so blonde funny. skater. John, I seriously John can't Heater. remember his name. John Heater. Heather. Yeah, him. I think is really good. I, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, like, good, like, easy, like, family movie. You guys but don't, I don't like think it. It's his I can best. take it off. I don't think it's his best sports movie. I I think Talladega Nights is a lot more quotable. I think it's a yeah. lot f- like funnier. I just just like the rivalry between him and the Frenchman. I think Will Ferrell has great chemistry between the rest of the cast. Uh, you know, if there is a Will Ferrell movie, we should put in for discussion. I think it's Talladega Nights. It, and, me, and honestly, like personally for me, it was flip a coin between the two. That's why I'm not mad if you want to do that one. And I just, I love the dynamic between him and John C. Riley. Obviously they have great chemistry, but like the best friends, like duo kind of thing that they have going on. Uh, Sasha mm-hmm. Baron Cohen is great as the sort of enemy in this, or the, the villain in, in that role. I, I just, <laughs> I, I think, I think that's a movie. If you're going to put in consideration that, that would be mine. I'd replace that uh, Blaze of Glory with Talladega. I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay. Trevor, any other? Yeah, uh, so I, I got to bring this up because we, we're, well, since we're talking comedies, I, I, I know I've also only brought up comedies. I'm going to bring up another golf movie. You guys know what it is. It's my favorite sports movie of all time. It's Happy Gilmore. I just, I, I think Happy Gilmore has the greatest sports villain of all time in Shooter McGavin. I don't know what beats him out. I mean, maybe like a serious villain in certain movies, but like as far as just like the comedy he brings and like the certain timing of his mannerisms and his lines, like ninth green at nine, like just the way he like acts like both physically and like um, through his words. I just think like, I think that'll like his performance in that movie is worth, you know, um, discussing enough, but like it's, it's an all time Adam Sandler movie. I think it's his best movie. Uh, I, that might be a hot take. It might not be, but I, I love Happy Gilmore. Just I love. I there's literally not a minute of it that I don't appreciate. There's just so many jokes, so many funny moments that all land for me. It's it's a movie I've grown up watching. I've watched it probably fifty times. Like <laughs> it's, I, it's my can favorite. I, can I vote to do Moneyball one? Right now we're still trying to fill two. Miracle mm-hmm. is good at three. I think. I say Happy Gilmore four. 
I'm I'm cool with that. And then maybe Caddyshack and uh, Telegate and Knights. Well, I, I still have a few. I still got a few we can talk about. Yeah, no, I don't no, no. Do I, segment for. We, we, st- we still don't have need. We don't even have a two yet. I'm I'm just saying, are we good with putting um, uh, Happy Gilmore at four, for now? It, it's all subject I, to change. I'm cool with that. <laughs> I, I like it over Caddyshack, uh, Talladega Knights. I would maybe put between Gilmore and Caddyshack right now. Have Caddyshack at six. I mean, I. I just with uh, as a podcast, yeah, I, I could see that because I would have it up higher, but I understand where you guys are at with it. So yeah, I mean, like for me personally, like Moneyball's two and Miracles one, but as a podcast, I'm fine agreeing to have Moneyball yeah. one because Josh yeah. and I both agree really. Um, yeah. Okay, Josh, what did you want to add? Uh, I'm just gonna say a, a few. Um, Forty two is really, really, really good. Um, uh, the the institution that is Sandlot is is a great one. <laughs> I want, I want then, to talk about. Uh, I feel like Sandlot's a classic. <laughs> Sandlot higher, especially like for our generation too. Uh, that's a movie like I associate that movie with like literally anytime like uh, I need to watch like a movie at school and I'm actually like excited to watch it. It's usually Sandlot. Like I, I want that's a movie I watch like on the bus going to ski trips. It's a mm-hmm. movie I watch in class or after school. Like it's it's all timer all time kid movie. Great performances by the whole cast. It's you know funny. It's charming. I think Sandlot is a definite top five. And uh, the, my last one I was thinking about is The Rookie. If you guys have seen that. The Rookie is like one I grew up on. I had it, but I didn't know if you guys would also agree. Um, I, I love The Rookie just with the – what is it, Dennis Quaid? Uh, yeah. I, that, that uh, also, just, oh, sorry, uh, Cars 3 as well. Out of all the Cars <laughs> movies, I would have went with the first one. Cars 3 is the only one I didn't like. Um, okay, so yeah. I'm going to say <laughs> – Let's put Santa lot if you guys are okay with this at five. I like I think, Moneyball. Yeah. Number two, we'll still figure out. Miracle at three. Happy Gilmore at four. Sandlot five. Talladega Knights six. Caddyshack seven. Well, we're not going to talk about 42. 42, I think Santa lot's better. I can't talk <laughs> about that movie because I haven't, I haven't seen it. So <laughs> I think 42 gets a little slow at times. I think Chadwick Boseman always just, just like, does so good with his roles, and I think he does a really good job. I just think the – the plot or the the writing was not the best. I thought it was a good movie, and I thought it was. I mean, I love the story of Jackie Robinson, so I thought it was. Cool I would say like sure. the impact of that movie now, especially with how recent events has, has mm-hmm. like has have panned out, like it has gone up, especially like the powerfulness of the story it tells. But again, I just I haven't seen it. But I, you know, these are things like I've heard, and obviously it's Chad, Chadwick Boseman, and I, I'm a Chadwick Boseman guy. I, I love pretty much anything he's in. I don't like, know anyone that does not like awesome him. <laughs> he's fantastic. Yeah, no, I'm saying I'm just saying like I haven't seen a role that I haven't like liked from him. So, you know, oh, I got it earned some merit, but I I, you know, I'll leave it to you, you two to discuss on that because again, I haven't seen it, but I do appreciate Chadwick Boseman. I have a lot of honorable mentions that we need to discuss, but Trevor, what do you want? Yeah. Do you want me to list uh, a couple and we can talk, or you can you can list a couple for okay. now? I think. Just let me know if you guys think we should add any of these to our list. So I have Invincible with Mark Wahlberg. I love that uh, Eagle story. It's just a fun one for me that I always watched growing up. I have the replacements with Keanu okay. Reeves. No, we, like we, do need, we do need to talk about a, one sports movie actually before you go into that. Are you guys Rocky guys? I had uh, Rocky oh. at six. So I just think it's a it's a it's a iconic movie. Rocky's one of those movies. I haven't seen it recently enough to really give it justice when I talk about it. But it's one of those movies. Obviously, it won 
um, awards at the Oscars. It's Sylvester Stallone's kind of like, you could argue it's his best movie. And the impact it has on the city of Philadelphia and just the idea the of... <laughs> Yeah, and they're coming out with Creed movies this year, last year. Who has a stat? Like, how many like statues of fictional characters have like the kind of impact that Rocky? Like, Rocky feels real because like that statue. Like, you know, that's one of those roles that kind of transcends the movie. Obviously, it has sequels, but you know, the original Rocky just. uh, I think if you're talking sports movies, you got to at least mention it. Like, (laughs) but you know, I wouldn't put it in my personal top five just because I haven't seen it recent enough, and it hasn't had the kind of impact I know it does have on other people so i honestly would do for me like rocky would be at either six or seven either behind yeah. sandlot and behind talladega nights or i'd have it even be ahead of talladega night talladega nights i have to keep saying that and it's just i, I still don't know how to say it um yeah. but so I, I, I love rocky. definitely a top 10 but i, I you know for me personally i can't put it any i'll put it at um, eight right now and we can we yeah. can move around the order um yeah that, no, I was literally going to go Invincible, the replacements. My next one was Rocky that I was going to mention. So yeah. that's fine. Glory Road was a really good movie I enjoyed watching. Um, a more recent hockey movie is Goon. I love the Goon movies. Um, the Longest Yard, not just the Adam Sandler one, but the uh, Burt Reynolds, the older one, is really uh, good. How about Draft Day? <laughs> no. Draft Day's not bad, but I don't I, – I, compared no. to – No, no. Um, Draft another, Day belongs at the very <laughs> bottom of this list for me. Uh, another, it, it represents the NFL in such a stupid way. <laughs> and the fact that they couldn't even get like, what was it? They couldn't even get like the logos or something. Like, I don't know. It was just so stupid. Like, that's a stupid movie to me. I'm sorry if anyone likes that. I'm sorry. New number one. Like New number one draft day. Kevin Costner's in a lot of these movies. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. Um, another movie yeah, I have. He's got the vibe. So, so the longest yard is, is I, I mentioned both of the longest yards I really liked. Uh, McFarland USA was I thought a great movie, um, and then a, a one that I kind of grew up on was Major League, um, with the Cleveland Indians. It's it just a, in uh what is it? What's his name Charlie Sheen. I just thought those were really good movies. Um, but yeah, those are all mine. If any of those you guys think stand out, I, I think Blade of Glory is it really holds up well. Um, or not Blade of uh, Glory Road, Glory Road. Sorry, but. And the replacements is like, if I had to do this list by myself, I'd have it at number one, just because it's like my favorite movie of all time. But I know it's not like subjectively a great or objectively a great movie. But yeah, you know, and Josh, Josh mentioned it earlier. And I think it, it might have a, it, it should have a spot in the top 10. It's dodgeball. Like dodgeball has a, another great sports villain. I think, I think a sports villain is kind of hard to make because who's the villain in sports? Like how do you make it one guy? Like, Obviously, like it, it's got great comedy. It's got a great cast. Uh, you know, Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn play really well off each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Justin Long, the, the Steve the Pirate character. I don't remember who plays him, but he's uh, just—he's <laughs> uh the guy from Knight's Tale that's now in Resident Alien. The yeah, redhead guy, right, right there. Yeah, yeah. like he, he's in, I, he's in everything. <laughs> I I think this movie is just one. It's so rewatchable. It's so like again, it's charming. I, it, I'm definitely good with makes, dodgeball. It makes a ridiculous sport into one of the most like intensely competitive it makes you care about dodgeball at such a point that like you got literally it literally created a segment for espn like (laughs) a whole day of sports (laughs) (laughs) so i I think it belongs in the top 10 i I think it would be one of my top five my My top five has a lot of comedies just because that's a genre i I think it's a top five i think it's top five for sure okay how okay so i have i think we can just do this okay so moneyball one miracle two 
Happy Gilmore three, maybe Sandlot four, Dodgeball five. I think is really good. Let's let's put the honestly let's switch Dodgeball and Happy Gilmore. Like just because I think personally for me I'd put Happy Gilmore above it, but I think for you guys it makes more sense like Dodgeball up there because to me like Dodgeball would I, be like a top three. <laughs> I don't wait, know. What do great think? film. It's a great piece of cinema. Wait, Trevor, sure. do you like? Did you say you like Happy Gilmore or Dodgeball better? I, I I mean I go I I'm on the Happy Gilmore side of things. I, I I'm I on the, I'm I'm the same way. So I, okay. I think Happy then, Gilmore. Let's should keep be... it as it is. Let's keep it yeah. as it is. Okay, so then I'm okay moving Rocky up. Yeah, let's put Rocky over Caddyshack. So then we have two potential spots left. Um, I'm also okay if we do want to maybe find something else for Caddyshack, just because I feel like Josh and I don't know it as well. Um. I, I think it's it's that it, it's a it's like it works so well as a comedy on its own and like just as a golf movie I I love it. <laughs> okay, um, so let's see. I I really like Invincible. I like the rookie. Con- the fact that Josh mentioned that, I'm good putting that like nine or ten. Mm-hmm. Josh, you okay with, with that? Yeah. I'm sure. surprised no one said a uh, Field of Dreams. Um, the Field of Dreams is I just I haven't certainly overrated. Yeah, I, I have Kevin Costner, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is this is this is another. You know, we can talk about this on another podcast. But the Field of Dreams is extremely overrated, mm-hmm. and I'd love to get into why. But it definitely is not a place on this list. Okay, no I have um, a question. Do you guys uh, consider Ford v Ferrari a sports movie? That's a great movie. I'd put it ten, just because it's underrated. I, <laughs> I'd even put it I higher. Love, I really love that movie, and the acting is amazing. It's V, it's v Scott, not versus Ford v Ferrari. Ford very Ferrari. <laughs> so, but I just think Matt Damon and uh Leonardo uh, DiCaprio. No, no, it's uh no. Christian Bale, Christian Bale. Christian Bale, Matt Damon and Christian Bale are so awesome in their roles. The thing uh, is, even the side roles are amazing. The guy that plays yes. uh the Punisher that's in this movie, I don't remember what his, the actor's name is, but he's great. Um And the way they make like racing looks like racing in this movie. Like it looks so good. Like the the like in the, the just the yeah. some of the camera work in this movie like when they're driving in the rain mm-hmm. and like I just I love like anytime they're in the car, it just looks so good. It looks just, so good. And I'm I, not like a big racing guy, but this this movie made racing look so. It was just cool. the, the story. They they made the story amazing, and I love when Damon takes the the stopwatches from the uh, Ferraris, and they're like, "Oh, that's a nice stopwatch. Yeah, you like it? It's Italian. You can have one." Like it's just. Yeah. So if you can see the list, I got and like so the far, emotional moments in this movie too. Just it it just captures racing like in the in the sixties so well. And, and you know what? I think the movie is a pretty long movie, but it's so engaging and well paced that it goes by fast which is yeah. kind of funny for a racing movie i'm fine with ford v ferrari if we think it's better than the other racing series we might want to consider which is fast and furious um no well i think i think it's a fast and furious is a movie. i think it's a crime not to have space jam in here but i've been outnumbered on this so it's fine i think we will just i'm just gonna announce the top 10 and wait, wait, wait i'm not a big fan of space jam i'm also like i don't know if i feel how i feel about caddyshack but if we think it's iconic enough that we should leave it I'm I'm okay putting Space Jam in over Caddyshack just because again as a podcast I don't think you guys have the same appreciation for the movie that I do. I just haven't seen it, Trevor. I maybe seen like half the movie. I haven't watched the hey, whole hey, thing. Hey, you know what? Maybe it gets more clicks. It's Space Jam. I, I will definitely watch Caddyshack <laughs> this week. Um, Look, I, I'm not a big fan of Space Jam either in top ten though. That's the thing. I don't really want to replace them. To me, it does have the nostalgia factor, and it's just hilarious 
seeing okay. Michael Jordan do some of the things he does in that movie. <laughs> like, oh, he stretched he's not a good actor. arm to save the world. I'm, I, if you guys want, I'm okay putting Space Jam in over Caddyshack. But I think I'd rather leave Caddyshack at Space Jam. Like, I, I, I think I will probably once I watch I, Caddyshack I, like it more. Yeah, I think I think so too. But so I, I say I we understand. Leave it. Okay, I think this is our list. Yeah, okay, Josh, I will announce wanna... it from ten to one. All right, checking in at number ten, we got a Ford V Ferrari. Nine, we got the Rookie. Eight, we got Caddyshack. Seven is Rocky. Six is Talladega Nights. Five is Dodgeball. Four is The Sandlot. Three is Happy Gilmore. Number two is Miracle. And number one, our, our top-ranked movie of sports, of the sports genre, is Moneyball. With honorable mentions such as Space Jam and... Uh, and no, uh, Blades of Glory. Blades of Glory. <laughs> Anything Will Ferrell's Kellogg. Uh, Goon. Kicking and screaming. I think I think we got it. All right. You get the idea. <laughs> we got we got you guys got the idea. Uh, and yeah. Scott, you wanna wrap this up? I think you got it. Okay, well thanks for hanging out with us uh, during this recording, guys. Um, we'll check in next week. Uh, and uh, everyone have a good week. Follow us on Twitter, send us those emails, and uh, that'll do it for us. Everyone have a have a good week. Yeah, thank you guys.